Hey, this is Dylan Spann, co-founder and CMO of Relay. You're listening to the new Warehouse Podcast, and today's safety tip is fatigue and frustration can be fatal. So when in doubt, take a step back from your task, take five, and think about safety. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking, with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Outdated and bulky, legacy scanning technology continues to drain warehouse efficiency. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible hardware solutions, like WorkHero from Rufus Labs. Utilizing WorkHero's efficiency-boosting wearable scanning technology, mobile device management, and labor management tools, warehouse managers will be able to easily access key performance metrics and improve operations. With their cutting-edge monthly subscription model, you're always provided with the latest barcode scanning wearables, productivity analytics software, on-site redundancies, and 24-7 global support. Superhumanly simple. Make your warehouse team superhuman with WorkHero. Go to www.getrufus.com to learn more and schedule your free demo. That's www.getrufus.com. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates and wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level? Level? Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. That's www.sixriver.com to learn more. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawn with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by co-founders of Relay, Miles Mufuka Martin. He is the co-founder and CEO, and Dylan Spann, who is also co-founder and CMO. So they're going to talk to us a little bit about Relay, what it is, and what it's doing for the logistics world, and kind of the the last mile challenge that people are facing. They're launching in 2022, so we're going to hear what they've been up to, how they kind of came up with this idea, and what it's all about, and, and what it means for uh, consumers as well as retailers uh, going into the future. So, Miles and Dylan, welcome to the show. How are you guys? Doing well. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. Yeah, no problem. Happy to have you guys on uh, and learn about this startup you guys are doing. So, so Relay, it's called R-E-L-A-I. So, tell us a little bit about Relay. What What is Relay? 
Relay essentially is a last mile logistics business that seeks to offer within the hour delivery. That's the most bare bones way I can explain it. Okay. All right. Very simplified. I like it and makes sense. Definitely as we want to get product to the to consumer faster and, you know, make sure that last mile is covered. So, so before we kind of get into the, the details of it all, why don't you guys give us your, your background? So like Dylan, what's, what's your background and how did you kind of get into this with miles? How did you guys come together and come up with this idea? Right. This is an idea that goes back to probably 2019 ish. Okay. Miles and I were track and field teammates in college at mm. Sewanee, the University of the South. Mm. I spent a summer there in 2019 training. If you know anything about Sewanee, it's in the hills in Middle Tennessee, so it's completely secluded okay. from everything else around it. Shopping is not really a thing you can do. You can drive 45 minutes east, 45 minutes north to a larger city mm. if you need to shop for anything. So during that summer, Miles is in D.C., working and interning at the Institute for Responsible Citizenship. And I'm at Sewanee training for track and field. One day I run out of clean clothes, need to go to the gym, need to go get on the track, need to go to work, flipping pizzas. And I don't have any clean laundry. So I get in the car and drive an hour up the road in my hot car with no AC to go buy some new shorts. And I get to the parking lot of the TJ Maxx I'm going to shop at. And Miles calls me and says, man, what are we going to do in a year when we're not track and field runners anymore? We're not college students anymore. We got to have some idea that's better than what we're doing. I said, well, I just drove an hour in this hot car to buy a single pair of shorts. This is going to turn into a three-hour ordeal, and the shorts are an hour away. Why is there no solution that brings those shorts from where they are an hour away to where I am currently? And Miles kind of thought for a second, hung up the phone, and called me back a few days later, and we started working on this idea. It's been through many different iterations since then, and what we've officially settled on is focusing on the urban core of mid-sized cities and moving non-food and beverage products within an hour. Gotcha. Okay. Very ambitious. I mean, you know, within an hour, I mean, certainly we see that type of thing when it comes to food delivery, you mentioned, but you're focusing on the other side, which is be um, more retail, like you mentioned, shorts. So, so what about your background, Miles? I mean, what, you're working at the Institute for Responsible Citizenship in DC. So now how, yeah. how do you kind of transition over here? Absolutely. So that's an internship program. And the Institute, it it collects black sophomores and juniors and matches us with internships in various fields and industries. Mm. And our and our other co-founder is is somebody I actually met while while participating in the Institute. Mm. At the time, I'm doing a business analyst internship. So running spreadsheets, checking maps, you know, all the real hard spend time on Excel type of grunt work. Mm. And it was just one work session. Like he said that I called, I walked out of because I was like, I, I can't see a future for myself that I enjoy of strictly being a professional for, 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 for being a professional. You know, that doesn't interest me. I can't get up and give 110% for that. So I called Dylan and we start this thought exercise. My background in college, right? I ran track and field with Dylan. Mm-hmm. We did relays together, but I was a hurdler. Okay. And, uh, I also ran a consulting company during school focused on small businesses under 10 team size total Mm. and focused on writing policy and addressing translating culture into written processes. Mm. And that's the background. That's the immediate background leading up into us having this conversation in the summer of 2019. 
Interesting. So I obviously um, know where the name came from now, track and field. You guys were running relays, right? So it makes total sense. But I think the idea too is, you know, it's a, it's a handoff, right, of the product essentially from what you're doing, which is just like what you're doing with the, the baton, right? And you're running relays. So tell us a little bit about the concept and how you're actually getting to the point where you're bringing those those shorts that are an hour away closer to the consumer that actually wants them and making it more accessible for them to purchase. Yeah, yeah. Part of part of what this original thought process did, it just jumped us down the research rabbit hole. Mm. And so Dylan said we went through many iterations. And so we really did focus uh, on why do people wait for things? You know, he was telling his story and he said, if I order online, I won't get it now. Right. So we really examined and interrogated what it, what does it mean when we wait for a product when we buy online? And in that in it, in following that research question, we really did jump down and we found out, wow, all the things we buy are really close to where we already are, mm-hmm. especially in the urban core. And so it's really that proximity mm-hmm. that we're that we're trying to optimize you know, we and we learned a lot of cool stats. Dylan, if you want to jump in and drop our our favorite, um, oh, our favorite five to seven lines. miles is that everything that you generally purchase is within five to seven miles of you. You know, in strange cases, you're mm-hmm. like me and you're stuck on top of a mountain in Tennessee, and it's a bit further than five <laughs> to seven miles to buy the things you want. But then, in the urban center across the U.S., for the most part, we shop in this five to seven mile circle around where we live. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't take two days. And a, a membership fee for you to receive a product that's five to seven miles away from you. It shouldn't take a day. Honestly, five to seven miles is across town. We should right. be able to cover that distance in a number of hours. And if the process is optimized correctly, we can do it in one. Hmm. Very interesting. So so basically, you're, you're trying to optimize. What you're saying is essentially, you know, as you order e-commerce, the product that you're ordering is, is probably coming out of a, a warehouse that's not within a five to seven mile range, right? But the inventory is most likely in the five to seven mile range in, in some type of brick and mortar or retail storefront. So you're really kind of optimizing the inventory for the retailer themselves and the, and the company that's selling the product and, and making it more accessible to, to the customer. So, so how exactly, I guess, are you making that happen? Like what's the, what's the conduit in between? Is it an app that the retailer is, is adapting or it's on the consumer side mostly? How, how is that really kind of working? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent question. Part of this focus is a, a pretty robust backend. Mm-hmm. So we have a merchant-facing front end, which is more akin to your traditional inventory management system. Okay. So we have a merchant-facing front end for the people who sell stuff. We have a sprinter-facing front end for the people who deliver. Mm-hmm. And then we have a shopper-facing front end for the people who buy, st- who, who buy stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So-, so that coordination... You know, all flows and then we have our exchange zones. You know, we, we said relay race, so we're going to drive this metaphor as far as we can. Mm-hmm. Is so our exchange zones, which which feature parcel lockers, mm-hmm. help facilitate the exchange between sprinters and shoppers and ultimately serve as an additional pickup location for shoppers. Got it. Interesting. So the sprinter, let's talk about the sprinter. Because it's a new term, I think we're throwing out here. So, so who who is the sprinter, or what is the sprinter? 
that Sprinter is a crowdsourced delivery person. Okay. That person's going to travel on some micro mobile means. A lot of jargon in this process because we've been working on it and rewriting all mm-hmm. of our stuff for so long. But essentially, we want to hire a person who is working in some type of gig economy setup for themselves. Okay. Put that person to work moving products in small regimented chunks. Part of the problem with last mile fulfillment right now is that things are either all centralized and then dispersed by one actor mm-hmm. or there are individuals that have to go pick up things from individual locations. We don't want to do that. We want to decentralize the process and make things more widely available. So we use the sprinter as a person who can pick up from the store and travel to an exchange zone. Generally those exchange zones are no more than three miles apart from one another. Okay. So your leg of the relay is some distance beneath three miles, either from the originating location where the product was sold to a parcel locker, parcel locker to parcel locker, parcel locker to end user. Gotcha. And with the flexibility of the model, people can pick up from parcel lockers. People can pick up from their home, have things delivered to their office. So the sprinter has a really short one directional job of grab this, take it here. And now you can move on to the next task. Hmm. Very interesting. So, so it's kind of a handoff all the way through, which I guess hence the the relay name. So, so I like the flexibility too in the the exchange zones, like with the the parcel locker, whether the the, the end user consumer can actually decide to get it delivered directly to them, or they can go pick it up at this exchange zone as well. They have some flexibility there, which I think people people would like. And and so you're targeting the delivery time in under an hour you're saying right which is which is pretty mm-hmm. ambitious and i think is something that's you know kind of on the horizon for the consumer world and certainly something that a consumer is going to be demanding more of so how are you seeing that you're going to be able to kind of meet those those service levels we'll be back after a quick break what's the new warehouse without a warehouse I'm excited to let you know that we have expanded our 3PL fulfillment services beyond our micro-fulfillment center. We can now handle all levels of e-commerce fulfillment needs as well as transportation, B2B distribution, FBA prep, and much more. Thanks to our partnership with Xperia Global, we can service you from the port to the customer's porch. Reach out to me directly at kevin at thenewwarehouse.com for all your fulfillment and logistics needs. Yeah, yeah. So the the focus is he said Dylan mentioned hyper local before. Right. Our exchange zones being placed no more than three miles apart mm-hmm. is is really key here. We mentioned earlier that everything you want is within a seven mile radius. Okay. Right. We said five to seven. Let's mm-hmm. pick the middle number of six. So if you're six miles away and we break this up into into two, three mile chunks. It doesn't matter if Dylan does the first leg to the exchange zone and he's on a bike. Mm. That's three miles. You bike it at a moderate pace. You'll be there in 15 minutes. You know, don't have to worry about traffic signs or stoplights or whatnot, right? right? You'll be there in 15 minutes. Even if I choose to walk, even if I choose to walk that final three miles or, or what have you, if I do it at a moderate pace, I can still end up going three miles in 45 minutes on that walk. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's the consistency that concision allows that helps us get this time to, that helps us to arrive within that timeline. 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a, a great idea and I, I love the point about, you know, there's no holdups essentially with your, your sprinters because they're not really under the limitations of, like you said, traffic or traffic lights, if they're walking or they're on uh, bicycles, like you mentioned, it's kind of like taking the, taking the bicycle courier to like the next level, right? And the, the next generation of the bicycle courier. So you know, it's really interesting, and, and I love that you said there's been some different reiterations since 2019 when you had the initial idea. So I, I'm curious, you know, within the last year and a half with with COVID and that kind of driving consumer behavior to be more on demand and being more, I guess, embracing of the idea of ordering more things online and having them delivered and bringing, you know, even the, the older generations who maybe you know, were the ones that, you know, they need to go to the store and feel the fabric or, you know, squeeze the fruits, whatever, at the grocery store. Now, like, coming and being more comfortable doing e-commerce because, you know, it was a necessity at one point. You couldn't really go anywhere. And now realizing the convenience of that and kind of being more adapted to that and more receptive to that did that change your strategy at all or did it kind of create another iteration i guess uh, of a relay I, I think i think the pandemic taught us two things mm-hmm. they taught, it taught us a lot but it taught us two things was that we did not understand the needs of the the global and domestic supply chain the way we thought we did mm. in our first year of studying for this and that we did not understand the needs of local retailers the way we thought we did in our first year of it so the pandemic happens ordering capacity goes up supply chains freeze and local retailers get completely starved out and it makes us refocus and go wait our impact doesn't have to be shortening Dylan's hour drive Mm. to to Murfreesboro from Sewanee to buy shorts. We can focus on a mid-market sized city like a Murfreesboro mm. and give those local retailers something to work with. We can f- sort of fix or offer something new to the supply chain issues and the last mile fulfillment issues if we focus and we shrink down this idea instead of trying to cover so much distance. Let's cover that five to seven mile fulfillment radius as fast as possible and as consistently as possible. So it didn't really change the overall business model, but it changed our approach to how we execute, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it definitely makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting because even like the, the point you touched on the, the five to seven mile radius, even though it seems like a, a short distance, like obviously during the pandemic, there were places you couldn't even go five to seven miles away because they just weren't even allowed to be open. So so it's really an interesting concept and I'd love to see, you know, when you guys launch next year. But, you know, in the meantime, like if retailers are interested in getting involved in this and, and individuals as well in terms of like becoming sprinters and things like that, how how can they get involved and have you already gotten some retailers on board? And, and I guess where, you know, where are you guys initially going to launch as well? Yeah, we have a... Um we have a couple of beta services that we've okay. been rolling out now, trying to build those those merchant relationships. Dylan is absolutely right. We we found a new a new level of value and appreciation for what that local retailer really really does on a day to day basis. So we have a few few beta services that we're rolling out, trying to stress test ourselves as we go into the holiday <laughs> season. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. 
So they can reach out on on the website and whatnot, see if we can part, see if they can participate in their cities. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. But they can reach out online, and we have a contact form there for 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 people to sign up. Same thing with sprinters. I see if they can start sprinting and supporting some of these these beta offerings. Gotcha. Okay. So you, so you mentioned in the the beta offerings. So you have some that are testing now. Is that like how? How is that going and, and where are those located at? Yeah. So right now we are having beta offerings in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Dylan mentioned earlier about these mm-hmm. mid-market areas. Yeah. Again, that's our focus. We, we feel they're underserved at the moment. Absolutely. And part part of these beta offerings is that we're really focused on the B2B to start just for just to help us manage scale and scope. Mm. So when we launch in 2022, we will have the merchant front end, the sprinter front end, and the shopper front end. But to build up to that, we're going to go B2B to start for a service offering, mm. then include a more then include a more shopper facing thing and eventually grow into a more pure crowdsource model. So we don't have to answer the question, how do you get the first gig worker? Mm. You know, how do you get the first shopper to address it? Let's let's adapt and maximize these existing customer bases as much as possible. Gotcha. Interesting. And, and so in the, the testing that you've been doing in, in Richmond, I'm curious, like what has the, I guess the end users feedback been, because, you know, typically it's not, you know, besides like groceries or fast food delivery or something like that, you typically don't see delivery times within an hour. So how has the reception been with that? And do you think it's, do you think it's having a a positive impact for the retailer as well to be able to offer that service now? People didn't realize they wanted two day delivery until they got two day delivery. Right. And that's the, that's the essence of the feedback we're getting. Wow. I didn't know this is what I wanted. Now I have it and I don't want anything else. Right. My response would have been very similar. It's like, I'm working remotely, as I said, at the top of this, I'm in Nashville, Miles is in Richmond on the ground with TJ operating this. And I'm working more on calling and handling customer concerns on that B2B facing beta Mm -hmm. event. But changing the imagination of consumerism for people is not an easy task. Mm -hmm. So when I have to go make these phone calls or when I get feedback from them, part of the problem is that this isn't a thing they've ever had to encounter before. Nobody knew that within the hour delivery was possible until there was a model for it. Now there's a model for it and we're testing it. Mm. So it's this really strange line we're towing of this is a new thing. So people are responding to it. Yeah. And they're responding well and responding positively, but nobody really knows what the future of it looks like. As Miles said, nobody knew they wanted two day delivery until they had it. Nobody knew they wanted within the hour delivery because it didn't exist. And now it's just beginning to exist. So the feedback is, not iffy, but it's not as concrete and as firm as I would have imagined it to be, but it's good. Okay. All right. Very interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be, you know, just as you guys are saying, the, the two-day delivery is, you know, now if something's going to take like four days, you're like, what? Like, um, let me look for this somewhere else that I can get it faster, right? Or let me look for an alternative. So, so I mean, I think it is just going to become the standard as well. And, you know, certainly as we've seen the shift towards, you know, more e-commerce purchasing and more, you know, consumers wanting that convenience and being comfortable with that convenience. I mean, the, the demand is just only going to increase, right? So, 
you know, very interesting stuff. And, you know, so you guys are launching next year, right? 2022. So, so when exactly are, are you guys really going to launch? Do you have a, a concrete date or, and I guess when you do, when can people expect to see your services like in their, in their town? Yeah. Excellent question. The, the goal right now, this is as concrete as I can give at the moment. Okay. Uh, we're building software. And so I don't want to jinx it. Mm. You, we, we all know how software devoted coding is. <laughs> you, you say it's going to be done. And all of a sudden you got to retest everything. Yeah. So the current goal is Q2 of next year. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. And then, and that'll be launching in certain areas or just wherever. Or? Certain areas will certain areas more or less will probably have a, a dual city launch. So Richmond, where we offer the beta services mm-hmm. and then Nashville. So Dylan doesn't feel like he's working r- remote anymore. You got to show him some love. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> very cool stuff, guys. I mean, I'm really interested to see how it kind of takes off and, and what the, the reception is. I mean, I think this kind of, you know, quick delivery and an ability to provide this level of convenience to the consumer and, not only just to the consumer, but also support the local businesses, as you guys were mentioning, in providing an additional service and feature that helped them kind of market themselves more to the to the average consumer and, and get people more interested potentially by being able to utilize the the less than hour delivery. I think is a, is a great thing that you guys are doing. So so very excited to see how it goes for you guys and, and how the launch goes and everything like that. So. What is your website and how can people find out more information about Relay? Yeah. Website is www.relay.us. Any right. contact information, any contact forms, or any more information about the beta events, how you can get a beta event in your city, or just personally reaching out to one of us because we're accessible people. All of that can be found on the website. All right, great. And we'll put all that information on the newwarehouse.com as well. So, Miles and Dylan, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.